Hi, I'm John. And I'm Ron, and this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. Right, we are back for episode 58 of Digital Divination. My question is, is this the last episode? Wait, the last episode? No, 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 no. I hope not. Yeah, I hope, I hope not. not. It is it is, <laughs> however, the last episode for me. I am going to have to leave you, John, on this Digital Divination adventure we've been on for 58 episodes. I know, I'm so bummed about that. And <laughs> oh man, uh, can you tell our audience why you have to leave our show? I am I'm taking a new position with a different company. I They have asked me to not announce my employment there until my start date. That actually makes a lot of sense. I remember that's been the rule at some other places I've worked at in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you haven't seen any like splashy announcements from me on social media, they've asked me to kind of keep it, uh, you know, keep it to myself until I'm actually on my first day there. Um, mm hmm so there's you know things to be done, a little you know paperwork to be finished up between now and then. So no big promises yet, but I have already turned in my resignation at Paizo. Uh, I'm going to be at PaizoCon this upcoming weekend. That'll be an awful lot of fun, but it's also an opportunity mm -hmm. for me to say goodbye to the people I've spent four and a half years working with. Right. Wow. And uh, why do you have to stop doing the podcast though? Just because you're changing companies, <laughs> come on. It's a it's a requirement of the position that I have, uh, the mm. position that I'm taking, uh, reasonable position, right? I'm I'm no longer working on my own branding, uh, I'm I'm working on their branding, and uh, I can certainly understand that. Now, this actually in uh, a lot of it goes go, reminds me quite a bit of my previous career when I've been working as an attorney. I mean, nobody mm. knows which attorneys are on stuff for transactional work litigators tend to kind of get the big name litigators get their names out there yeah, but yeah. people that are working on mergers and acquisitions and other you know very big sometimes very lucrative deals you know we we work back in the background we work in the shadows um mm -hmm. we don't make big announcements about who we are or what we're doing now that admittedly that may have changed in the uh increasing world of social media since i've been deeply involved in that mm -hmm. but uh mm -hmm. uh but yeah it's a uh, it, it's entirely understandable uh uh, requirement. But what it does mean is that I have to say goodbye, John. So yes. digital wow. divination. It's been it's been years. We're past episode <laughs> fifty-two, which means we're yes. more than two years into it. But I not know, quite but two you, and a half, is that right? You said we were gonna get to a hundred though when we hit that. And that's like I mean oh. I mean we we collectively as you know the people behind it and listeners <laughs> of, of which I will become one. Yes. Yes. So oh man. Will digital divination get to 100? Yeah. Well, yeah, I certainly hope so. Yeah. Well, I, I want to keep it going and, uh, actually I want to keep talking with you. You know, we, we joked about this saying, uh, we have so much fun just doing this. Why don't we do this anyway and just not record it? <laughs> so we well, yeah. I mean, we're, and we're not going to see yeah. speak friends, John. We're yeah. Oh, I know. I know. It's, but you know, I remind the, you about our planned yeah. barbecue in mid June. Let's uh, we're not, yes. Yes. <laughs> we're yes. not breaking up, John. It's not you. It's me. It's, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I know. I know. This has just been a lot of fun, you know, and I just can't imagine where I would find another co-host, another partner that would be as much fun as you. Hmm. Well, what do you, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, my top choice would have been, and I actually, you know, um, kind of gave him a trial run was uh, Jake Tondro. Oh, but no, that's yeah. Oh, I remember that. That's right. When I was uh, when I was gone and you needed a show, you had yeah. Jake feeling. That was a yeah. super interesting episode. He's very yeah. engaging. I thought he was really good. I thought, oh, man, you know, if something ever happens to Ron, or take, I'll just get Jake. And wow, Jake's not available anymore. He is not. He's working at oh. Wizards of the Coast. And Wizards yes. of the Coast has uh, certain requirements on your availability to be on podcasts right. and things like that. So he is not available. Yes. Yes. Um, oh man. Who, what? Uh, what are we mean, I do? mean, but he's also. I mean, we're all. We're still friends. Still. Right? Oh, I, I still know. talk to him. Yeah, and, we'll still hang out. You know, we just stuff, can't have but... him uh, displaying his wit for all to hear on the Digital Divination Show. I know, or anywhere, right? He's. Oh no, he's displaying. His, I presume he's displaying his wit in the upcoming books of Dungeons and Dragons, since he's a oh, senior designer okay. there. All right. Yeah, that's not the same thing as like talking to people, though, is it? <laughs> you're right. no you're right it is not the same thing in that the uh the wit that the designers display goes through yes. at any gaming company goes through yeah. several rounds of editing and yeah. one of the things that is perhaps most amusing about us is that we don't go through any editing at all <laughs> it's just you get the unvarnished yeah. john and yes. ron yes yes i mean there's a tiny bit of editing you know i i remember i interviewed somebody and um they dropped an f-bomb and Ryan was very, very emphatic about having to edit that out. So okay, uh, okay, and actually, one of our actual plays, there was one as well. Ooh. I, yeah, I didn't even notice it. Uh, I I remember it when it happened. You know, in the game, it was at my house we were playing, right? And then I remember, oh yeah, I better edit that out. But then I edit like six months later, and it's like, okay, it just sounds like it's going on, and and I completely missed it, and then. Um, Ryan got very. Oh, you need to get in there right away, and 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 delete this. This. So you you went back and pulled it down and edited it and put yeah. it back up again. Is that yes, right? Yes, I did. Was it one I of did. the one of the end Dawn of Flame episodes? It was. It was. Well, that was that yes. was a very tense set of encounters yes. too. We were. Yeah. I mean, that was we were really on the ropes. I think in a, in a lot of that. So. But it wasn't us dropping the f bond. Let me just say it was something. That's true. That's true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But the, but the, yeah, that's a. uh, I I do appreciate that. I was just talking to somebody today who is not doesn't doesn't curse an awful lot. I I don't. But oh oh boy, do my kids know that when dad swears, things are serious. (laughs) So. Um, I will admit, uh, having been a sailor in a former life, that I I can swear with the best of them, and I did for a long time. And uh, my wife didn't really care for that. I, I generally didn't do it around the house. But, um, mm. I did a lot of online gaming, and I would swear a lot during that. And oh. um, and apparently that's loud, <laughs> even though my office door is closed. <laughs> and and so uh, yeah, she said uh, you need to quit doing that. You know, the, the kids can hear all that stuff you're saying and. So, oh, okay. Well, well so I, yeah, I kind of got out of that habit. So. <laughs> oh, good. Probably for the best. So it's true then yeah. the uh, the swear like a sailor phrase. Very much so. Very much. Oh, wow. So. Um, I, I wasn't as colorful as some. Some people have some really good, really good stuff. I it's pretty basic. Pretty basic. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, um, 
Does this mean you have to like cease all your other side work too? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm wrapping up some projects that I'm on now. Um, I can't, I can't go into specifics because they haven't been announced yet, but I will say mm. that the last two projects I have are a, uh, a Starfinder project that you're also working on. So we will, these are yes. wink at each other. Oh, back <laughs> before we were in video, we could actually do that. And, uh, <laughs> but now everybody will see that they're yes. you know, wink, John, we know yeah. what we're talking yeah. about. Um, yeah. and then I am also, I've also picked up a Pathfinder adventure path. Um, the author had a change of plans at the last moment and we were sort of scrambling. I'm like, you know what? I'll just, I, you know, assign it to me. I can go ahead and do it. Uh, and that's proven to be it. it and not only is it, it fun to do when it's going quickly, I feel like I'm good at it because I've been writing Pathfinder Venture Path, yeah. uh, volumes and developing them for years. Um, but it's also giving me an opportunity to put sort of the last, spin that I have on some of the encounters. I'll have to admit that I'm, I always tend to lean towards including monsters that I designed yeah. as the things that people fight and treasure <laughs> yeah. that yeah. I designed as, as things mm -hmm. that people pick up. And mm -hmm. this is my, my last opportunity to do that. Yeah. The first Pathfinder adventure, or the first adventure path that I ever wrote, adventure path volume was in the, it was the choking tower for the iron gods adventure path. So it was very wow. tech. Yeah. And, to be honest, I, this isn't this isn't the right adventure to be kind of a callback for that. But the last Starfinder adventure that I did, because mm -hmm. that's very tech being Starfinder, I was able to have a couple of callbacks to my uh, my very first adventure. That's been kind of fun. Oh, uh, and that's been announced. So it has Masters we... of Time and Space is Drift yeah. Crashers number three. So we should be looking for some callbacks. Are they pretty obvious? No, no, not at all. No, they're oh. really for me, you know, <laughs> not, <laughs> not necessarily for other people. Um, okay. Yeah. But I will say one of the one of the phrases that shows up a lot in almost all of the adventures that I write uh, is is run amok. You know, run amok games yeah. is the third party company that I have, yeah. and so I usually drop in a mention about somebody running amok or something like that, yeah. or a, you know, technology run amok things mm -hmm. to to slip that in. I mean, it's a it's a it's a legitimate phrase that I use in yes. day to day conversation as well, but I. I do my best to work that in. And what happens to run amok as well? Your blog and your company? Uh, just days. I'm going to sort of shutter that. That's actually you. I've sort of shut that down last year for a little bit anyway. I had a lot of other right. things going on in my life. I was doing some legal work on the side that was very time consuming, very fun, but very time consuming. And I knew ahead of time that I wouldn't be able to keep the, the blog pace up. So mm -hmm. I sort of shuttered it then, you know, brought it back for a couple of things, promote the Kickstarter that I did, right. provide another couple of pieces of advice that, uh, that I thought were really timely, but that's not going to be very difficult for me to then go back to shutting down again. It'll still be, you can just go see it. I just won't be posting anything else on it. Right. Right. Now you also, one of the things that kept you busy then is you were running for public office. Are you going to be allowed to do that? That is a legitimate question. I, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I certainly won't want to. The first little while yeah. of any job is ramping up and learning, yeah. you know, who's who and the policies of the new workplace, in addition to having to understand, you know, the work that you're actually going to be doing. So I really, mm -hmm. I, I, I have part of the advantage of sort of clearing the deck of everything else that I've got going on is that I can devote the time I need to get up to speed very quickly at my new job, but not be short changing you know, time with the family and things like right. that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Now, um, have, have they replaced Jake Tondra already at Paizo? No. And I don't, I, I don't know that they will. And I may be, 
I may be overstepping a little bit in in some details here, but yeah. eh, what are they going to do? Fire me? Here's the, here's the <laughs> issue. <laughs> oh, you're going to spill all the beans tonight. All right. This is great. <laughs> oh. um, I don't know that having Jake, initially the plan was Jake as a senior developer. He was going to be a senior developer and his task as being a senior developer was to do work sort of halftime on right. Starfinder and halftime on Pathfinder. And one of the things that I was very, I worked very hard to make clear to everybody else saying, this isn't, this isn't how you become senior developer at Paizo. Mm. That is to say, right. you don't have to master both systems and be willing to work on both systems in order to become senior developer. There will be other opportunities. And in fact, those have materialized. And now people are senior developers on both sides of the Pathfinder side and the Starfinder side uh, mm -hmm. without having to learn both roles. It was something that Jake embraced willingly. Uh, and he, we, you know, we never really got a chance to try it out. He had to, he was finishing up all the development on the drift crashers adventure path, the adventure that mm -hmm. I just uh, mentioned masters of time and space. I wrote mm -hmm. for him as a developer. And then he had gotten as far as concepting a pathfinder adventure path that is not announced, mm -hmm. um, and getting that assigned and doing some of the very preliminary groundwork on that, um, before, before he left the company. So there wasn't a uh, a very a robust set of work on the Pathfinder side for us to be able to fairly say, oh, this is what somebody who has done both Pathfinder right. and Starfinder work are like. If anything, uh, uh, Thirsty, Thurston Hillman is the one who's been mm -hmm. doing a lot of really good work on both Pathfinder and Starfinder. He's 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 been able to keep his hand on both rule sets, and that's just because he's kind of a master at any sort of thing. That he, his concepting yeah. is just... Just, yeah. just so admirable. Mm -hmm. um, great guy. But uh, but at any rate, we don't want to put somebody who is half of on one team and half on the other in order to replace mm -hmm. him. The idea is that maybe we'll do some shifting of the workload so we can do one and one or maybe shift some of the workload otherwise. I think that the, the half and half as a, let me put it this way, as a job position, it doesn't work as something that we want to maintain and keep filled. It is an opportunity that people who want to be, have their foot in both worlds might be able to continue to do as part of cross training. It's a good part of management in any company, mm -hmm. but the, uh, but it, he won't, we're not replacing him as an individual who is going to do half of one thing, half of another. Right. Well, I was just, uh, reason why I brought it up is because now you're another senior kind of person there that mm -hmm. will have to be replaced. And you haven't done the last one, so we should be expecting some help on it signs up at, at Paizo for these <laughs> positions. I I mean, I certainly hope so. Um, from from the actual getting stuff done perspective, my my role had 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 been, you know, roughly half-time management and then half-time development of adventure paths. Mm -hmm. uh, realistically, it was three quarters time management and three quarters time development of adventure paths. But, um, but that's all right. It's, you know, both halves of that are work that I love to do, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the, um, but the adventure paths are going to have to be done. One, one big advantage that we have, anybody who's been sort of watching what Paizo is producing has seen that we finally gotten the Kingmaker adventure path that, that, uh, redo out the door. It's a huge project. It took a mm -hmm. lot of, a lot of people's time. But for the purposes of this discussion, it also took an awful lot of James Jacobs time. And mm -hmm. James Jacobs mm -hmm. has run more adventure paths than anybody ever. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that 
he, he now has some uh, flexibility to jump in. I'm leaving at a good time in that I'm not leaving people hanging for a lot of work, right? I'm not just sort of mm-hmm. throwing up my hands and saying, that's it. It's, it's up to you guys. I had finished the development of substantially all of the Blood Lords Adventure Path, uh, the six part, you know, one through 20 uh, undead intrigue adventure path. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really, uh, uh, really neat. The last adventure, I have it assigned, it was in, it's in very good hands. Uh, Jessica Catalan wrote that mm-hmm. uh, last adventure and did a very good job from, uh, from the initial read I did. I haven't developed it. Um, so Adam Daigle is going to pick that up in order to develop. He's been helping me all the way along through the blood Lords adventure path, keeping everything on track. And so he's going to go ahead and finish that out. One thing I was just mentioning to him today is that actually gives him, uh, that, that gives him a very interesting, uh, uh, duty benefit, I guess all of our adventure paths. I don't know if you ever noticed this, but all of our adventure paths, Pathfinder and Starfinder, the last issue on the very last page under the credits and the printed in China, uh, they have a little quote. And sometimes it's almost uh, always a little quote that has something to yeah. do with the adventure. And it might be something in world. It might be something out of world. But whoever develops the last volume gets to pick what that is and gets to sort of sneak in their their oh. last quote. Um, so I'm not going to be able to do that for Blood Lords. Adam said he will take under advisement any quote I prefer <laughs> to add. But he's the one who's developing number 606. So he gets to pick. Yes. Um, and I guess come to think of it, I don't know... I should have looked. Uh, I, I can actually look. The Masters of Time and Space, the third Drift Crashers one. Does that, who, who, who put the quote in there? What's the quote? I'm going to go look now. I don't know what it is. But we've got that done and it's uh, uh, getting finalized and sent off to the printers uh, mm-hmm. for its release. Well, that, um, wouldn't that several have months been down Jake? Because or, or Jake finished that one, right? It would have been whoever did the copy fit. I think that's probably oh. Jason Keeley. Okay, um, okay. Because it's added yeah. after all of the text has been through its initial editing and then laid out into the wow. uh, the document. And the copy fit is the, as you know, it's a part of it where you're making sure that all the art fits and all the text right. fits right. on the page. That You know, have words that are overflowing or too short. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, a, it's in the copy fit phase right near the very end okay. of the process yeah. when, you, when, you, when you drop that in. So I'll have to see. I do, I do want to say that the Masters of Time and Space, that third adventure, it was really fun having Jake talk to me about that because the concept yeah. of it, without being really spoilery, it's a, it's a big science fiction dungeon. Mm-hmm. The whole adventure is very dungeon-y. And Jake Tondra and I sat on a panel with Stephen Radney McFarland, also a, a master at this. Uh, and I want to say either Gen Con or PaizoCon a few years ago, the three of us talking about using dungeons in your adventure, what dungeons are good for, what good dungeons are like, um, sort of how they work conceptually with role-playing. And uh, Jake mentioned at the time, he was so impressed with how I handled that subject, that topic, when we were talking about it in the panel, that when he had the space dungeon adventure, he's like, well, there's there's nobody who could write this except you, Ron. <laughs> um, in fact, I want you to put some of the wisdom about what a dungeon is for and the different phases of exploring a dungeon and what it feels like around the table, you know, put that, put that in there as sort of a sidebar to help lead the GMs who are reading it to here's kind of what being in, you know, dungeons are, are like, and this one in particular. And so I got to include that as a sidebar there. That was really fun actually, to be able to talk a little more, I don't know, almost want to say academically, right. About mm-hmm. what the purpose of a dungeon is and any kind of role-playing adventure and how it fits in the Starfinder adventure in particular. Yeah, I you know I knew you really liked dungeons, especially like you know Abomination Vault, right? So you really oh, like yeah. 
you know, the, yeah. the big mega dungeon crawl there. So, uh, and, and that's interesting to hear that, that, that book is that way as well. So uh, maybe we still might have to play that, even though we might not record that with our group. If you're up for that. Well, we already do. <laughs> we already do a ton of, uh, a ton of playing. So I, Oh, I know. The thing I I find most exciting about Drift Crashers is when it was initially concepted to me, like, okay, well, here's a, Mm -hmm. here's an adventure path where the drift crash happens and you're kind of, you know, thrown into the the middle of it. You're thrown into the drift and then you go to hell and then there's a, you know, you end up with an, in the far future and then an alternate uh, history. I'm like, wow, that sounds like a really cool adventure path. And Jake's like, no, that's just the first adventure. It just goes (laughs) nuts from there. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So yeah, it sounds like a metaverse all in one volume then, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it does. And actually with the, with the new multiverse sort of hitting the multiverse concepts, hitting yeah. the, um, the big screen, yes. uh, everything everywhere all at once is a fantastic movie. You got to yeah. see Dr. Strange. Um, mm-hmm. it, it really kind of touches on that in a way that is really timely, suspiciously timely that it all happened yeah. to work out. Well, that, I, I mean, given who's developing it, uh, Dr. Comic, so that, that kind of makes sense a little bit, you know. I think it does. Absolutely. <laughs> well, good. Uh, so tell me, what what will you miss about working at Paizo? Oh, the I mean, the top of the, the list is the people. There are a lot of mm-hmm. phenomenal people that I've gotten to know. And these are these are people who are creative and people who are creative, not just because they want to sit in a room and write neat things but they want to be able to share their vision of cool stuff with people. And when I say the vision, I mean, there's a lot of people who feel like the way we tell stories can, can, can and should be more uh, immersive in ways Mm -hmm. that are really neat. Uh, People that want to present the world in a way that is more, gosh, in a lot of ways, even though we got a lot of villains running around doing stuff, ways uh, present the world in a way that is, is more uh, reasonable, fair, uh, balanced, you know, we've got a lot mm-hmm. of, uh, um, LGBTQ, uh, characters that have come to the forefront in our games, not in a way that makes them stand out for their differences, but make it clear that they're just people and mm-hmm. can be accepted that way. Um, I think that that, that type of caring is something that you don't see a lot. And the fact that I got to work next to a lot of people who feel that way is one of the things I'm going to miss the most. So well, hopefully that, I mean, you can bring top, some top, of that top. to your next company too, right? That's the hope, right? I don't yeah. know what I'm going to yeah. see there. We'll find out when I do. Um, yeah. I'll find out when I do and I'll tell you, but we won't be able to podcast the digital divination oh, yeah. about it. You'll be off oh, to better sure. digital divination things. Yes. Well, um, wow. Will I be allowed to talk about anything you could talk to me about without you here, though? Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, I don't see why not, right? Yeah. One of the things that I've been well, well trained to do uh, from yeah. but not just my legal background, but also working yeah. at Paizo is to be careful yeah. about not giving right. spoilers even to people. Yeah. You know, I, if I had to be perfectly honest, uh, you know, my wife probably knows more than a strict NDA would allow her to uh, to know, mm. but... Mm because we're at the dinner table and so on but um yes. but anyway the uh but for the most part no i mean i won't i won't be telling you anything that isn't going to be uh uh public knowledge anyhow so you say oh, whatever no, you'd just, like that's going to be public knowledge i i mean more about like so stuff we can't talk about now but maybe people are yes. interested in later like on. where that's i all. am and who i'm working yeah, with and yeah, so on yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because we definitely don't want to dwell on the past here, but I think a little closure on that uh, might be good. That's all. Because since well, yeah, we are, you know, this we're recording this before Pizacon, it'll be posted after Pizacon, but before you start, because you'll be on vacation still. Um, right. So it's just kind right. of a weird, weird timing for that, and we can't have you on spilling the beans after you start. So it, you know, it's just, and I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna dial in yeah. from France. So. Yes. So it's like, okay, this is what we get. This is what we get. Um, well, this is it, this, and we've it, we've had to do a little bit of this before, where we've we've yeah. broadcast. Normally, we're broadcast. We're recording, and it's going to be broadcast like the very next day or something like yeah, that. So we're going to have things days, that are very yeah. timely. Um, and that's not not on you. We're, we're a little ahead, more ahead, not quite as. I think we've been further ahead than this, but not much more in the past, right? Yeah, this sometimes is. We'll do it the day before. Sometimes we do it the weekend before. That was the before. typical thing. You Saturday or Sunday before. Then we. And when right. our, cause, cause we had a Monday publishing or Monday or Tuesday initially where I posted it, that shifted to Thursday. So then we kind of shifted Monday or Tuesday to record, uh, depending on what, our, cause we have games on Monday and Tuesday. So depending on right, right. what, what games are or doing it afterwards and, and things like that. So, you know, I'm really hoping that my, my next host is as flexible. I, I interviewed a couple of people. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, um, trying to fill this position. And and I had one person rise to the top of the two, um, <laughs> <laughs> of bo- of both of everybody of both. that you've interviewed, um, and uh, it, I, we we seem to get along well. But I I just I, I don't know how it's going to go. So hopefully, you know, after a, a couple episodes, we're able to to dial it in. Um, but it's somebody you know. It's uh, Jason Keeley. He is a. Just an excellent guy. I mean, not only is he, he just really interesting, but he uh, obviously he knows Starfinder. Yeah. Right. You know, better than, than, you know, he's, he's one of the top, I guess, four people on the whole planet that knows Starfinder the best. Yeah. Um, the, I've had the good fortune to work with him, uh, on the, in the last three years for PaizoCon, we do a puzzle hunt every year. Mm-hmm. And for the first, it, I think we're in the sixth year of the puzzle hunt, but for the first three years, it was um, Jason Keeley and Joe Pacini doing it mm-hmm. themselves. And they let me join them a few years ago. And that, that, oh my goodness, that is sitting at the feet of masters, right? Who know how to put a puzzle together. Um, and I've learned a lot from both of them in the past couple of years, putting the puzzle hunt together. Just this last year, the pu- the upcoming puzzle hunt, about which I shall spoil nothing um, <laughs> for people that haven't yet to play it. Yeah. Although by the time this comes out, people will have already played it. So anyway, one of the puzzles that I put together, <laughs> I the I think logically the puzzle worked very well together, and I was struggling a little bit with how to present it. That is to say, how you give that just the you know the couple sentence introduction to a puzzle mm-hmm. have to be very well crafted because they have to give you enough information about what you're about to solve that you have a direction, preferably a couple of different directions that you can head at that you can kind of start to approach the puzzle. But, but without giving enough away that it sort of, you know, leads you too directly to the answer. There's an art to that. And I had never realized how difficult that really was until working with Jason Keeley about putting together one of the introductions for one of the puzzles that, that I contributed to PaizoCon this year. It was just so much better. Like the first time, and then one of the advantages, we're working on this in a Google document. So I can, 
see him typing it and I can kind of see his thought process. He's like, da, 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 and then he'll backspace over stuff and then go again. And it was, uh, it was like watching art happen, right? Because I'm like, oh, wait, that'd be a good idea. Wait, why are you deleting that? Okay, now, oh, I see what you're doing. Oh, that's beautiful. That's exactly the kind of thing that you were going to try to lead them to, but without giving them too much of an answer. Anyway, it was, uh, it was a really good experience. Very, very good learning experience. I like working with Jason quite a lot. Well, you know, uh, I, when I mentioned uh, to you that he's somebody that I would consider and, and I asked you to kind of get a temperature on him and uh, to see how we'd feel about it. Um, he was very excited to, to, to chat with me. So scheduled right away. And we talked quite a bit about stuff. Um, I don't, I don't have the same rapport with him that I had with you from the beginning because we had actually played for a couple of years right, before right. We, we started doing this. So we kind of knew each other pretty well. And, I've only really talked to him once or twice prior to this. Uh, I tried to tell him, you know, kind of what we did. And basically the show is about having fun and talking about what we want to talk about, kind of loosely Starfinder related. And um, he was all for that. You know, he's, he's, his focus has been heavy on Starfinder for a long time. And I don't really want to get into a lot of heavy duty detail, nuts and bolts, nitty gritty stuff with him. Just kind of more fun, fun facts or, you know, something's going on and Starfinder wise that we're, we think we want to talk about uh, more in line with what we do. And, uh, and hopefully that'll, that'll, it'll take form, however form it takes. It'll be different than our show. Right. But, well, I mean, it, it'll you know, necessarily because he doesn't have chickens to talk about for one thing. I, I did not know that. Uh, now this changes a, a couple of things. So. <laughs> oh, this, oh, yeah. this may change you. I have chicken news. I so rarely have chicken news, but uh, <laughs> okay. we we failed to close up the coop a couple nights ago, and some predator got three of our eleven chickens. Oh wow! And we know this because we found two dead chickens, yeah. and one was entirely missing. Wow. So we are but down to eight something. It killed them, but it didn't take take off with them though i think it took off with one of them and maybe was planning to come back for the others oh okay um, okay but then didn't i my 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 top suspect would be a raccoon yeah that's what i was gonna uh, guess as well so wow and and uh your dogs aren't aren't keen like they don't they're not outside so they don't even they're not outside they're kind of in stuff. fact if our very little dog were outside the raccoon might have taken her <laughs> yes yes <laughs> I, I was thinking more pepper pepper is like i think yes. would be very excited to uh, keep an eye on other critters because Pepper doesn't care about the chickens, right? Yeah, that's actually weird. Pepper sort yeah. of assumed that the chickens, it didn't take her long to realize the chickens belong there. Yeah. And, you know, she's quick to, you know, run after any rabbit or squirrel or any other yeah. animal, but she's not going to run. She doesn't run after the chickens. Yeah. The chickens even get out and around the yard and Pepper's just sort of, you know, all right, mm -hmm. well, I guess you belong here, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, gotten, hopefully. Gotten used to them. Hopefully, uh, Jason will have some other critter to talk about. Um, our, our first episode is is pretty much going to be me getting to know him <laughs> about this kind of stuff and him getting to know me because it's a two-way street. You know, if we're going to talk about stuff, we have to have some idea where he's coming from. So Who you are and what you do and yes. yeah, what you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have, I'll tell you a quick, uh, um, quick story about my time with him. The... Uh, uh, Jason and Joe Pacini and I all went just before the pandemic. We went, we drove up to Vancouver, Canada for a, uh, gaming convention. 
And this was more of a board game convention than a role play convention. And part of the reason that we went up there is because they gave us, I think they comped our, our admission in order to help with a couple of mega games. Hmm. And I don't know if you've ever attended these or seen these, they have them at big conventions. Sometimes a mega game is sort of, it's sort of like a, a more game focused kind of LARP where there will be 50 or 80 players or something like that. And they will, they ran two of these. Um, One of them is based on a board game called Scythe that was sort of set in that world. That was really interesting. The other one uh, called Lights in the Sky. It was set in the Cold War and all of the different players were representatives of different countries, you know, Russian Mm -hmm. representatives or Mm -hmm. German representatives were inside Americans, uh, British, French, and, uh, over Berlin, uh, there had been aliens seen like lights in the sky. (laughs) And what, how did this destabilize the cold war and what do the different sides think about that? And so if you play, if you were playing this game, your side got kind of a list of knowledge that you have and goals you want. It's a matter of talking to, to sort of other people in order to figure out what they know. But because the iron curtain is in place, you, if you're one of the Russian players, you couldn't just walk over and talk to one of the British players, right? You had to meet and exchange information via your spies who are other players across the Berlin wall. And they needed a lot of people to sort of help run the thing, you know, make sure that people were communicating the way they were supposed to across the Berlin wall, deliver messages up to the big board that, that uh, like an interactive that might've been right, at a, right. at a convention uh, to show some of the things, the uh, um, to interface with the, uh, the, the players that were playing aliens mm-hmm. um, and what they were going to be doing. So that was actually, it was, they needed a lot of people to help out. And it was so much fun to see that from behind the scenes. Mm-hmm that we got back. And one of the first things we're talking about on the drive home was like, Oh, we could totally do this at like PaizoCon, We could do like a mega game like this. Yeah. Maybe we set it in the packed worlds where all of the players are different represent, you know, representing different, you know, the Vescarium or different worlds of the mm-hmm. packed worlds. Mm-hmm. And they all have their own goals and there's some event that's happening and stuff like that. And we, we thought this sounded like it could be a lot of fun. We did some initial planning about this and then the pandemic shut everything down. Mm. So maybe someday there will be an awesome meta game like this at uh at PaizoCon, but we started we wanted to and then uh the global pandemic wouldn't allow it hmm. well that sounds kind of you know i remember at gen con they kind of have a uh a, like an indoor larp game that's kind of like that um but i i, I didn't do it i they had different like time periods where you could go in and i wasn't wasn't able to make that so no that that sounds that sounds pretty cool and i, I actually think road tripping with those two guys would be a lot of fun too that was really neat yeah they had um it it is characteristic of me joining joe and jason on stuff that that they they handle it and i'm kind of along right like they'd figured out the place that we were staying and the the game you know convention we were going to and how we would get from the airbnb we were staying to the to the con Mm -hmm. and and stuff like that i'm like i'm I'm, I'm with you guys. I'll just follow along. It was actually a lot of fun. They're great, great people to road trip with and chat with. It was was neat. Well, hopefully we'll have, we'll develop a good rapport. If not, I'll have to go to the secondary person and, you know, we'll, we'll have to see who those, I mean, I mean, and if that person doesn't work out, if you have to get down the, if you have to start really working down the list, John, then maybe it's, maybe it's not them. Maybe it's. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you know, when you first told me that you you weren't going to be able to do this, the first thing I thought is, man, I don't want to do this with anybody else. 
And uh, and then when I told Ryan that you were going to have to leave and, you know, he, he suggested, you know, why don't you just get Stephanie? And I said, yeah, that might actually be fun. So I started thinking who might be fun to talk with. And, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, being a Starfinder person, to get a senior developer at Starfinder, um, I don't think I could do much better than that. Uh, just from a personal, like, want to ask questions and figure stuff out kind of thing. Um, and hopefully our audience will, will will find that interesting as well. And, yeah, we'll see. We'll give it a go. If it lasts, you know, two episodes or, or you know, another hundred, either way, you know, we'll just see it through. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got to get 42, right? Because that, that'll get you episode 100. Yeah, that's the goal. Do that at we, least. Do 42 yeah. more. 42 that's that's and then after that you can do whatever you want you can try to get to 200 300 (laughs) you know after that but episode 100 it can happen you can make it happen yeah those are such big numbers well ron it's been a pleasure working with you here for over two years on the no direction network and i'm glad that we'll still be gaming uh probably at least two ish times a week um, <laughs> kind of a lot, yeah. It's yeah, great. Yeah. Well, it's like we, we're in three games, and they meet every other week. So it's like uh, right. just depending on the schedule, and and like you know, I, I in the, the message I sent you, I still want to have you guys over, and let's have a you know summer get together and kind of celebrate your your going on to other things. And um, I'll say goodbye to you if anybody needs to do that. But um, it it's been good. It's been fun. It's it's really opened my eyes how much fun a podcast can be. And how it, this is not like work to me. Whereas the other ones I do, I actually have to do a lot of work for them. This is just like fun. This is the editing and all that is, uh, yeah. is, well, it's also, this is also kind of quick. This is bite-sized, right? Yeah. People that are yeah. listening to this are like, well, I can listen to those guys for 30, 45 minutes. And that's <laughs> kind of it, right? It's not like a, yeah. you know, a hour and a half game session or a four hour game session like some other podcasts do. But Oh yeah. I told my students that, you know, some people have four hour podcasts or two hour podcasts. And they said, I said, would you guys listen to that? And they said, no way. They're not, it's way too long. So, well, and I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't, people might do this to our podcast. I don't know. Because yeah. we both have, uh, you know, kind of deeper voices. Some people I know listen to really long podcasts. They'll play them on like one and a half times speed. <laughs> yes, yes. So they can get through, <laughs> through them quicker. I wonder if yeah. anybody does that and what what they think my voice sounds like if they're consistently listening to it at faster than one times speed. Uh, I don't know. Well, if they're doing that, that won't work as well as with Jason because he has a little bit higher pitched voice. A little bit higher voice. Yeah, well, that'll yeah. get them to maybe to call, to slow down a little <laughs> bit and take everything <laughs> in, learn a lot more. They. Yeah. Uh, great well ron this uh, this has been great for me i really appreciate you having me on and doing the a lot of the heavy lifting as far as the the recording and the posting the headphones i've got on and the microphone i'm talking into right now are uh courtesy of you making sure that my equipment is up to par so thank you very much this has been a lot of fun doing this with you john i really appreciate it well i'm john and i'm ron and this is digital divination